This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance and jam-packed on this first day of summer, including visions of the future, lining from superstars, who you got, and the greatest team of all time. We got two hours. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. He thinks that he deserves a four-year extension, fully loaded. This is not a Knicks putting it out there. This is not the Lakers putting it out there. This is off the player who thinks he's got leverage. And I'm here to tell you, he doesn't. Talk about delusional. I mean, that's this dude. Listen to this Kyrie Irving. Here's the bottom line of it, my friends. I am in the interesting business. For 30 years, I've been in the interesting business. I say that all the time. I like anyone and anything that is interesting in the world of sports because it is my job to figure out how to make you interested in the things that I talk about. Kyrie Irving is a lot of things. I could list a lot of adjectives to describe what I think of Kyrie Irving. And as you hear from some of these sound bites, a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about him as well. But the first thing I would say about him is that he is endlessly interesting. I can't understand that man for anything. I genuinely have no idea what makes him tick, why he does the things he does, why he says the things he says, and in this case, why he thinks the things he thinks. But what is clear, and I wanted Brian Windhorst, full disclosure, I tried to get Brian, I texted Brian Windhorst, and I said, I need you, Wendy, right off the top of the radio show at 10 o'clock. And he texted me back, I'd love to, Greeny, but I'm going to the dentist. <laughs> so as we speak, uh, Brian Windhorst is at the dentist, but we do have a bunch of sound bites of the things that Wendy told us on Get Up this morning, because this is critical. In the next eight days, an enormously important event is going to take place in the NBA involving Kyrie Irving, and it is going to be very interesting what winds up happening. He is putting out there that he wants to be someplace else. That's what's happening. He's talking about the Lakers. He is talking about the Knicks behind the scenes, but in a way that is designed for it to get out there because he is trying to apply pressure to the Nets to do what they seem hesitant to do, which is to just turn their franchise over to him. Here you go, Kyrie. We're now the Brooklyn Kyries. That's what he wants. Remember his soundbite the day after they got swept and he got on there and he, he sat at that press conference and he said, well, look, Kevin and I will get together and we're going to run this thing and we'll figure it all out. And I remember listening to that. I was in a car on my way to an airport. I forget where we were going. We were going somewhere for the NBA, I think. And I was listening. We had just finished Get Up, and I'm in the car. I'm listening to those sound bites. I remember thinking to myself, what is he talking about? Like, are they going to let him say that? If so, they've completely lost any semblance of control of this franchise. And by they, I mean ownership, front office, anyone else. But to their everlasting credit, they didn't. Sean Marks came out and said, we want people who are committed. We want people who are reliable. We want people who are available. You know, Kyrie didn't like that. So now where are we and where are they? 
Fascinating to find out. Over the next eight days, we will see. Now, we asked Wendy, first and foremost, how does the league view this situation? Kyrie trying to leverage the Nets into giving him something that he wants on a new contract, whether he opts out and signs a new deal or extends his current contract. The reality is that he doesn't have a lot of options. And what this will probably really come down to is if he is willing to actually opt out of his contract and leave $36 million on the table and open up the window to actually go someplace else without needing the Nets to trade him there. So that's what he's looking for. And the question is, will it work? And the answer is, we don't really know yet. Because the one thing we know about NBA owners, sports owners, billionaires in general, frequently, they can't help themselves. Now, you don't get to be a billionaire by making stupid or rash financial decisions. Don't get me wrong. But many of my experience, many owners in sports, Hembo, tend to treat their sports teams like what they really are, which are playthings for them, right? This is, this is just another fabulous thing I can show off to my friends that I have. See my yacht? See my plane? See my team? And if Kyrie Irving is available, I think there will be at least one owner, one out of the other 29, who would say, sure, I will give that guy all the guaranteed money in the world and hope that it turns out well. You led the show by saying you're in the interesting business. So are NBA owners. They're in a different way, of course. But Kyrie Irving, who is endlessly interesting and endlessly talented, will most definitely have a team or two or three or more than that uh, available to him should he want to go there. Of that, there is no question. NBA owners, in some sense, are just feeding the public what they want. And a lot of the public wants Kyrie Irving. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. The two teams that he, Kyrie, is floating are the Lakers... And the Knicks, let me start with my vice president of Knicks fandom, and that is our beloved hashtag Nuno. Nuno, do you want the Knicks to acquire Kyrie Irving? No. Uh, and granted, even if they had, and with the caveat, even if they had uh, uh, cap space, no. It's the headache that he comes with that he can't that I, he can't guarantee me that he's going to play a full season if healthy right because there's been some injuries but just if healthy that he will actually show up every day I, I can't take that like nope go ahead the good news for you is Wendy told us and get up this morning it's probably not something you need to worry about the Knicks do not have appreciable salary cap space so one of two things would have to happen one is they'd have to begin trading players off immediately within the next few days so that they would have cap space available to sign Kyrie in early July and then they would undercut where their team would be the second thing is they could call Brooklyn and try to work out a trade but again I'm not sure that there's anybody on the Knicks roster that if traded to the Nets would make Kevin Durant feel comfortable about competing for a championship next year so that's the bottom line of this the leverage that Kyrie has is that Kevin Durant for reasons known only to him has decided that's the most important piece for me I wasn't happy in Oklahoma City I wasn't happy in Golden State I'm happy here in Brooklyn because I'm with my buddy Kyrie now look I'm not here to tell them they shouldn't be friends if for whatever reason they have a personal chemistry with each other, that, that, that they, they have faith in one another, they care for one another, they are close friends, they want to be together, good for them. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But this is where the professional and the personal line sometimes mm. become somewhat blurry. Because if Kevin Durant is genuinely sitting back, assessing the situation after three years in Brooklyn and saying, no matter what else happens, come hell or high water, I can't let, I can't let myself lose that guy. 
then I just don't know exactly what he's thinking. But Wendy pointed it out this morning. That's the leverage. So this is Kyrie's leverage play. Kyrie's leverage play isn't really that he's going to walk to the Lakers. Kyrie's leverage play is, you can't make Kevin Durant happy if I leave. So make Kevin Durant happy, sign me, and let's get back to work. So that's pretty much where it all sits right now. We'll make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I am the idiot who picked the Nets to go to the finals before the playoffs began. And proof of that will live forever. I don't take it down. It's on my Instagram account. I'm not one of these people who, when I make a mistake, I untweet it or whatever the word is, I delete it, pull it down. It's up there. It's up there till the end of time. I picked the Suns to beat the Nets in the NBA Finals before the playoffs began. Suns didn't do me any justice. The Suns they didn't do me real proud in that game seven against Dallas. But boy, they, I mean, they looked like the, the 96 Bulls compared to the Nets who played one good game against Boston lost it in the final second, and then didn't compete the rest of the series. And didn't seem all that upset about it. Felt to me like I was more upset about the way Brooklyn played than these guys did. Now, this was a long and trying season for a lot of people on the NBA. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. COVID was a complication. It's it's a terrible choice of words. COVID was a major issue. Well beyond basketball, obviously, but we all saw the impact it had on the NBA and nowhere more than in New York where we had the rules that we had and in Brooklyn and Kyrie and the decisions he made. So maybe there was a degree and maybe it is even understandable that there would have been a degree of relief that it was over for the Nets. But where are they? You're Kevin Durant. You're maybe Kyrie Irving. You're maybe Ben Simmons, and I say that because when Legler mentioned that they had Ben Simmons this morning, in all honesty, it reminded me of that. Like when he first said that, he said, well, they've got the three stars, and I said, wait a minute, Harden's gone. Who's the third one? I forgot Ben Simmons was on the Nets, to be completely honest So did he. Yeah, well, I mean, he's never been on the Nets. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I do know. That anyone who, if, if, if any franchise, and I'm not counting a man's money, but if any franchise guarantees Kyrie Irving control of what happens over the next four or five years, which is what it's doing, it's not just the money. You give a guy a guaranteed max extension, you're basically now beholden to him. The power structure is exclusively one way, and it's that way. So if you do that, you deserve what happens to you. I think that you could argue that over the last five years or so, Kyrie Irving is the most powerful, excuse me, the most powerful person in the NBA. Just follow my logic trail for one second. So his decision to leave Cleveland gave them no chance to beat the Warriors in the 2018 finals. It also gave LeBron no choice but to leave Cleveland. That produced a championship for the Lakers. I think it's now clear that his presence in Boston sort of stunted the growth of their young stars, and they proved that this season. And most importantly, I think his influence on Kevin Durant has sullied the reputation of a player who was once considered basketball royalty. So that's five teams over five years completely altered by this one man's decisions. That's just kind of a wild way to look at it. It is, and it is also a perfect illustration of what I was saying a moment ago, and that is that if you allow him to be in control... You deserve what you get. Now, if he just comes back for this one year that he has, if he opts in and they are only beholden to each other for one year, great. Let's see what happens. Let's try and win a championship, which, as insane as this sounds, 
with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and a healthy Ben Simmons, in theory, they could do. Have you seen the odds lately? I've not seen You've the not odds. You've not seen the odds lately. I'm going to tell you now, or do you want to save it for the next block? Meaning the odds on what? To win the East, to win the championship next season. So from the way you're saying that, it is obvious to me that the odds tell a, a, a fascinating story one way or the other. They do. Here's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that the odds say the Nets are the favorite to win the East next year. That's correct. Yeah. The Nets and the Celtics are co-favorites to win the East next well, year, I mean, despite all this. Look, as insane as that might sound in this moment, it does make sense. Kevin Durant, for all of the questionable decisions he has made, remains in the argument for being the best player in the league. Like, we forgot about him, and it's very easy right now to say Giannis is the best player, and Luka is on his way, and all these other guys. But Kevin Durant cannot be left out of that discussion. You just mentioned that series against the Celtics, the sweep. Did he look like the best player in the world to you in that series? No, but when you watch that Celtic defense... And what they did the rest of the way. Did you and I know the Celtics were going to wind up in the finals? Mm. Now, Steph scored 30 a game against them, but Steph's game is so different. They had one objective, Boston, and one objective only. And that is, Kevin Durant is not going to beat us. And they weren't going to let him do it. And I think when you have great defenders, as many of them that are as big and as physical as the Celtics have, no one player is going to be able to beat them. He needed help, and they didn't have it. I'm not suggesting that right now I think Durant is the best player in the league, but it would be a disservice to him, regardless of what the questions are, to dismiss him. Simmons? Who the hell knows? (laughs) Kyrie? Who the hell knows? But we're going to start finding out over the next eight days. Remember the first time you discovered something amazing? What if that could happen to you with your job? Well, ZipRecruiter works like your personal recruiter to help you find new jobs or discover new opportunities that are the right fit for you. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Coming up next, the rant of the day is an absolute beauty. You do not want to miss this, and we'll be packed all morning long. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, with the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us, hashtag Nuno, hashtag Bubba, hashtag Hembo, I am hashtag Greeny. And it is time for the, uh, the rant of the day. And, and, and it comes from our old friend, Chris Mad Dog Russo. So he's hosting his radio show there on Mad Dog Radio on, uh, on Sirius XM. 
And I want to explain to you what it is because it's funny. So a caller named Jason calls in. Chris is introducing him. They're talking, my understanding is, about golf. So the conversation's about golf. The caller wants to talk about golf. The caller is from Madison, Wisconsin. That happens to be where Chris's son goes to college. It gets Chris thinking about something entirely different. But my favorite part of it is how he then gives the floor to the caller at the end. I'm setting that all up so that you will understand what to listen for at the end. But this is classic Mad Dog on Sirius XM. Here we go. We'll get Jason in Madison, Wisconsin. And speaking of Madison, Colin Russo did not get home this weekend. So I got a burr up my fanny on Delta Airlines. Delta for the birds. You, the airline should be embarrassed. I'm getting off the deep end here, but the airline should be embarrassed that all of America couldn't fly anywhere for the last three or four days. 22% of flights canceled on Thursday, 18% of flights canceled on Friday. Hey, Delta, I don't need an apology to NBC. You know, your job is to make sure you get a plane to Madison, Wisconsin, and get my kid home for Father's Day weekend. Go ahead, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best. That's the best part. How would you like to be Jason in Madison, Wisconsin, who was called up to ask a question or offer a comment and have to follow that? Now, having said that, and again, I I want to save this one forever. Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. (laughs) No matter what. You can go freak out on whatever you want. Go ahead, Jay. And that's your thing. Go ahead, baby. I saw Chris here the other day. I forget what day I saw him. I was in here one day and I saw him. I haven't seen him in a while. I love him. Again, we play Mad Dog uh, clips here on this show and laugh because we love him. We do it fully respectfully. It is is a... um, It is a loving, uh, you know, homage. I'm a huge fan and a friend. That said, it's hilarious. So I can... We'll get Jason and Matt. Oh, no, no, there's a... Go ahead, Jay. I can play the little boat. Go ahead, Jay. But anyway, it does bring up a question. Let me ask a question to Bubba. Because, Bubba, you're a man of, of a lot of, you know, knowledge and, and, and stuff. How do you feel when famous people, at any level of fame, tweet about airline issues? Because we see it a lot, you know, and, and it's, it's a... To me, it is a... It's a cheap little gimmick, not gimmick is the wrong word, but if you're someone like me, I've never done it, let me say clearly, and this is the reason I've never done it. My flights got a mess. I was stuck in the middle of all of that on Friday trying to get home as well. And, at you know, there's a part of you that thinks to yourself, if I just tweet at Delta Airlines or at American Airlines or whatever it is, they're going to respond to me. I have, they're going to see someone that has a million followers tweeting at them, and they're going to respond. But... I don't know. I find it off-putting when I see famous people doing that. Bubba, I ask you, is it bad form for people of, of practically any level of fame, whether it's a little bit famous or like a very famous person, um, you know, with 10 million followers or whatever the case may be. If you have 100 million followers, you're probably not flying Delta Airlines, right? <laughs> like Taylor Swift did not struggle because of Delta <laughs> this weekend, right? But, you know, if you're a relatively famous person, you still have to deal with that. Do you have an issue when relatively famous people tweet things at airlines because they're stuck somewhere and they think they're going to get some sort of preferential treatment? I do. Yeah, I think it's. I think the word you said there is the right word. It's off-putting. Like yeah. there's just no reason for it. It's. It's. It definitely for everyone else out there. It doesn't make any of us feel good. That's for sure. And it's just. It's just definitely not the right thing to do. And it's. 
We're going to need less of it. Yeah. I mean, we're never going to get less of it. Yeah. I mean, if, if Russo wants to do it, I'm fine with it, though. Well, I mean, if, he did it on Mad, his show. Yeah. If Mad Dog wants to complain, I don't, I'm fine with it. Look, here's what I will say. Like, if my kids didn't get home, now my kids are already home, but, but if I didn't get home for the weekend to see my kids' Father's Day weekend, I mean, I'd be mad. It would be awful. And I can tell you, being in airports Thursday and Friday was a nightmare. You weren't traveling anywhere. Any of you guys tra- I'm telling you right now, there's people sleeping yeah, on I mean, the floor. Yeah, I mean, I heard about it, but yeah. I mean, oh, but it's like, horrendous. What, I mean, what do you think the people are doing? Like, you think they want it to be like this? That's why I don't, I mean. Well, they have these shortages, whatever. Yeah, but that's why I feel like you just, I mean, you're, the people act as though they're like going to tweet at Delta and just be like, you know, they're doing this on purpose. It's like, you know, no one wants it to be like this. Well, here's what I will say. Having traveled as much as I did over the last six weeks, here's the person I just don't understand. The person who's having some kind of travel issues and unloads on the poor woman standing behind the ticket counter who has nothing to do with anything, right? She's just waiting for someone to say to her, you can start boarding now. She has no control over whether your flight here was delayed or your luggage didn't make it. This is just a person standing here. You might as well be yelling at a wall. (laughs) And yet everyone is yelling, and she's showing so much patience. I'm just sitting there watching that. I had a a red eye from San Francisco that was delayed an hour and a half. Now, you, there's a very special, there are very few worse feelings than when it's 1 a.m. Pacific and your flight isn't there. So I get it. I felt awful like everybody else felt awful. But I'm not yelling at this poor, in this case, it was a guy, this poor guy standing there who was just, what can he do about it? Yeah, like, it? What, like what is it going to accomplish? That's what I was like. Well, exactly. Like, you might as well yell it at a wall. Letting out a little steam, I yeah, guess. I guess. But that, but, but Maybe that's what they should do. They should create something at an airport where you can just go in and yell. That's genius. A shouting room. Yes. Yeah, genius. Don't, don't do it at a person, but just go to a spot where you can just yell. Is there an app for this? We need an app That's for what this. they. That's what they got to create at the airport now. I, I they think have the lounges where you can hang out, drink, get food, but now they got to create a, a yelling lounge. With like cutouts of employees. Yeah, that you just can, have a little. I stuff. think that's a brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah. I, ha- I have You're something. Visionary. But like, I think employees should be able, and I'm being kind of sarcastic here, oh, punch God. the guy in the face that says, <laughs> hey, do you know who I am? When like, sorry, you know, everyone is struggling. It's the flight has been delayed, and there's that one guy who sits there, and we've seen the videos a, a lot. Do you know who I am? Sir, I don't care who you are. Just <laughs> shut up, sit down, and wait for your flight like everyone else. I'll tell you this one. So I'm flying Sunday night. So this is a week ago Sunday from Chicago. I was in Chicago for the speech at Northwestern, mm. and I'm flying from Chicago to San Francisco. Late evening flight. I stuck around. You know, I was there all day doing stuff. So I'm flying out. Flight's like 8 o'clock at night, flying out to San Francisco. There's a woman sitting in the seat in front of me. And the Wi-Fi is not working, which is frustrating. You know, you're, it's a long flight. It's like a five-hour flight. You, you know, it's annoying that the Wi-Fi isn't working. This woman in front of me calls over the flight attendant and wears her out, is just yelling at her how this is the third consecutive flight she's been on with this airline, that this that Wi-Fi doesn't work. And I actually, from the seat behind her, almost said, what do you want her to do about it right now? Why are you yelling at this woman that you had two previous flights where the Wi-Fi didn't work? Do you think that this person here is responsible for that? And this woman, this flight attendant, was so incredibly patient. I wanted to give her a round of applause. I literally wanted to apologize to her on behalf of humanity. I wanted to go over to her afterwards and say, I'm sorry that 
that we, we are a species in which a person might treat you that way over something over which you had absolutely no control. Which kind of person is worse? The Wi-Fi complainer? Or the one that removes their shoes and socks <laughs> on the flight. Which person is worse? That, that, that's, there's a special level of hell oh, there's a special for place those people. Yeah. Absolutely. That's pretty terrible. Anyway, so that was a good rant, and I really enjoyed it. In the meantime, speaking of rants, let's do a progressive NBA snapshot. Greeny is brought to you by Progressive Insurance, and now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See? Just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or progressive.com. KD had something of a rant. By now you've heard about what happened. I'm not going to play the Barkley stuff again. Charles comes on Get Up With Me Friday morning, and he makes the analogy about how Durant is not going to get his respect until he wins one while driving the bus. He uses the bus driver analogy. So Get Up, the, the account for the show, doing what they should do, the people who run that account, I don't know who, you know, our social media team, posts that clip. Kevin Durant quote tweets that clip and writes, all this stuff, I'm cleaning that up, is nasty. Another terrible analogy from a hating old head that can't accept that we're making more bread than them. It's just timing, Chucky. Don't hate the player. I really dislike that response. I really do. I don't have a problem with Durant responding to Charles Barkley. But by suggesting that this is all driven by Barclay's envy, what you are doing is completely dismissing the notion that there might be any legitimacy mm. to what Barclay is saying. You're basically just saying, oh, you hate me because I make so much money. Don't hate me because I'm rich. Don't hate me because I'm famous. Don't hate me because I'm perfect. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. There are a lot of other reasons why we might be criticizing why Charles, in this case, is, is bringing up a perfectly legitimate point about Kevin Durant. You are free to agree with it or disagree with it. But that particular response, in my opinion, from KD, suggests that at no point has he allowed the idea that there is legitimacy to this to enter his mind. Look, Kevin Durant has made some fascinating decisions, and it's impossible for me to sit here and say they haven't worked out. His life is his life. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars and will continue to do so for the rest of his life. He's one of the greatest players that ever lived. And he can generally pick and choose how he wants to live his life. Good for him. He has more than earned it. His talent, the work that has gone into it, coming back from injury and the devastating injury that he had at Golden State, all that stuff. God bless him. But here's a very important piece of advice that my old agent Nick Khan gave to me once upon a time. And he's one of the smartest people I've ever known in my life. And he said to me, Greeny, smart people. When things go wrong, whatever they may be, when things go sideways, the first question they ask themselves is, what part of this is on me? What part of this did I get wrong? Because that's the part you can't immediately address. Mm. So if we have a huge problem on this show, and I just sit here saying, that's freaking Hembo. Hembo gets everything wrong. Damn it, it's Hembo. That's Nuno. He's the worst. He's a terrible producer. We got to get rid of him. Bubba doesn't know what he's doing. Bubba, he doesn't. He's bad at all this kind of stuff. And at no point do I say... Maybe I could have done something differently. Maybe I got this wrong. Like I'm, it's called hashtag greeny. So I'm the person in charge. So if something goes wrong here, the first question I have to ask is what part of this did I get wrong? And what that suggests to me, Kevin Durant's very specific response, if he wants to say, hey, shut up, Charles, <laughs> I would have no issue with that. That's a comeback. Or if he were to say, 
trying to think of what else would feel like a legitimate uh, response, a response that, that, that at least gives credence to the criticism itself. And I don't even really think what Barkley said was that critical. I really don't. What he's saying is, until he wins a championship away from those Warriors, he's not going to get the, the, the same kind of credit from some people, maybe myself included, that some other champions get. Like, is that that critical? I, I really don't think it is. But however you view it, by immediately saying, well, you just hate me because I make so much more money. First of all, Charles has made a lot of money, and he makes a lot of money now. He doesn't have Kevin Durant's money, but that's always going to be the case. But there's just, do you follow what I'm saying? I don't know that I'm making, because I can't verbalize what I'm trying to say any better than this, but I feel like there's something about that particular comeback that I did not care for. Hembo, does that make sense? It does. Kevin Durant constructed, like, the classic straw man argument, in this case, by totally redirecting what Charles Barkley was saying. What Kevin Durant should have tweeted back was, I averaged 30 points per game in those finals. Michael Jordan and I are the only people in the last 50 years to do that. I drove the bus. That's what he should have said if he disagrees. But yeah, I, I agree. The, he, he, delegit, he delegitimizes his own argument, his own comeback, because he created something out of nothing. Like What he said was completely ridiculous and not at all what Charles Barkley said on our show. That's right. And if you're willing to go there, think about where the logical conclusion of that is. The logical conclusion of that is that generally no criticism is justified. Right. There is no way you can criticize me that is justifiable. And I will tell you, mm. that's a dangerous place to go. You know who I see do this a lot? College coaches. High-profile college coaches. They insulate themselves. They're generally in small markets, right? Colleges are not, most colleges are not in New York or in Chicago. They're in Starkville, Mississippi, or, where, you know, small places where the local media needs them. You cannot alienate the football coach in a town like that if you are one of the members of the media. They get rid of anyone around them who will tell them when they're wrong. I've seen this happen a million times. Mm. Unchecked power is a very dangerous thing in sports and well beyond sports, obviously, but we're keeping this to a sports conversation. And what you're doing in this case is you're basically dismissing the notion that I might have done anything wrong. Now, I can't, as I just pointed out, I can't sit here and say any decision Kevin Durant has made has been wrong. Who among us might not have taken the opportunity to go play with Golden State, to have a cheat code, to take a, a shortcut to winning more championships, and then feeling the way he obviously feels, like these championships don't feel like mine. I need to go someplace and, and strike it out on my own, which is essentially the same thing Barkley is saying. I actually applauded that decision that Katie has made. Now, I question his attachment to Kyrie, but whatever. That's his decision to make. It's not mine. And the point is, the specific response he offered sort of sets himself up to delegitimize any mm. criticism he ever receives. And not only do I think that is, it's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous path to walk down, and I don't think it makes him look great. All right, coming up next, Ryan Clark, our buddy RC, brought up a fascinating question of the day, and I cannot wait to ask it to one member of this staff in particular. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours. And Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at Progressive.com. All right. I, I do want to mention quickly, I had Matthew Fitzpatrick, the um, U.S. Open champion in my studio for Get Up this morning. We were trying to figure out a way to have him stick around and do the radio show, and his schedule just wouldn't allow it. I would love to have talked with him longer. You know my love for golf. But there is there are two huge pieces of news coming out of the golf world today. Let me just mention them both quickly. The first of them is that Brooks Kepka who is a four-time major champion, two-time U.S. Open champion, is defecting from the PGA Tour to the Live Tour. So he becomes the latest big name. I suppose in the big picture, probably the third biggest name to go to Live with Phil Mickelson is first. I think Dustin Johnson is still a bigger name than Kepka, but it's close. I mean, it's six and one half dozen the other. So Kepka's going. That had been rumored. That's not a surprise, despite his ridiculous protests of last week where he was so offended that they were asking him questions about it as he was preparing to try and win the U.S. Open. That was, by that moment, looks a little different in retrospect, doesn't it? One way or another, Kepka's going. But then there was all of this groundswell of supposition that Colin Morikawa was going to be the next to go. I just saw it all over Twitter and was hearing it from people, and so I just believed it. But he has steadfastly, not only disputed it, he has determinedly on Twitter in the last little while said he's staying on the PGA tour. He has stated with a no uncertain terms, he's not going. So for those of you who are keeping score on this, uh, Brooks Kepka is gone. He's going to live. Colin Morikawa is staying on the PGA tour. Nick Faldo was also announced. This will be his last year on CBS doing golf with Jim Nance, which has led to a ton of speculation that he will go and do the golf on live. I don't know anything about that one way or the other. So that's the latest on all of that. If you care about golf, then you care about this. It's the most important thing that has happened in any major sport. I I consider golf at least a major sport. It's the most significant thing that has happened to any major sport structurally and as long as I can remember. I, I don't know what could be as big. The ABA and the NBA merging 
the AFL and the NFL merging. I mean, you know, that's 50-something years ago. Um, I can't think of anything in the interim that has been this impactful. Having said that, let's have a little fun. Our buddy Ryan Clark went on Twitter, and he tweeted the following question. Who has the most delusional fan base in sports? And I think, you know, that's a pretty interesting question. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. I decided to make it the question of the day. So, Bubba, I was just going through. Hembo and I were considering some of the options here this morning. One of them, it would seem, is the Dallas Cowboys fan base. Mm -hmm. One of them, it would seem, is the Duke basketball fan base. Most definitely. Another of them, it might be the Celtics fan base. Bubba, what are your thoughts on these delusional fan bases? (laughs) I mean, ridiculous options. (laughs) Let's hear from you on this, if I will, Mr. Avon Connecticut Cowboy fan, Duke fan, Celtic fan. Yeah, great teams there. Now, there's only one true answer here. And that is? The city of Philadelphia. Oh, (laughs) shut up. They are so delusional, it's not even close. You you were just going at Hembo now? I mean, is that it? You're telling me they're not delusional? I don't think they're delusional. Oh, they're delusional. They're they're out of their minds. But in a different way. See, delusional means a different thing. Delusional, in Philly... They are, uh, what are the words? They're passionate. Insufferable. They're, no, they're delusional. They're All every we heard year, for yeah, years year how great year. Wentz was, and how great Ben Simmons was, how great Doc is. And then it just, they go wherever the wind blows. Are you kidding? They hate Doc. Whoa, whoa, no. Hembo, Then they hate other guys. Hembo, they won one game, and Hembo literally said, I'm all in on Doc. I, we should have cut it, because he said, but Nuno knows what I'm talking about. Is that delusion, though? That's just, that's just unbridled optimism. What Dallas Cowboys fans are is incredibly delusional. Dallas hasn't made the Final Four in 25 years. More. What, 96? Was it 90? 90, 95. Oh, yeah, more. more. Yeah. 95. Whatever. Yeah. And... You act like you've won every year. That's the definition of delusion. I might be an insufferable Philly fan, but I am generally more negative than most. And, and they all are. Delusional. The Philly fans get on their own athletes more than any other fan base. To be a bad... Listen, we're at game six of the NBA Finals the other night, and the Celtics are starting to get blown out, and they're getting booed at home. <laughs> in the finals. They're getting booed in the finals for a team that was under 500 in December. <laughs> That's not delusional. <laughs> That's fans. tough. The Philly fans are way worse. Number two behind the Cowboy fans are Nick fans. I think Nick fans are delusional. They See, they assume that every free agent's going to want to come to them. That's they, true. They assume every guy that rumored, uh, like um, either really Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, if they're not happy that they're coming to them. So I think Nick fans are number two on that list. That's right. Now they they they're what they're not delusional about is the Knicks being good. Like, very seldom, I don't know too many Knicks fans who are right now sitting around saying, you know, we're one move away from being in the finals next year. Most of my Knicks fan friends are not like that. But you're correct. Every single player who becomes available, who could be a a game changer, the Knicks fan is convinced is coming because of the allure of the garden and because of the allure of the city. And frankly, it has never happened. It's never happened. They had to overpay every time they've gotten anybody, and they've never gotten the number one person you wanted. How about it, Bubba? We, we, we wanted to do that question just because we think you represent all of Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, all I have to say is just watch out till we get Sean Payton, all right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Once we get old SP in there, things are going to change, and we're going right to the top. <laughs>
Uh, we continue in just a moment. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.